Imagine living in a time where six men kill themselves every day. And if we thought that's gonna happen in a hundred years, it sounds pretty gross, but it's actually now. Uh, you know, originally fake news starts as a critique of news that's considered to be inaccurate. It's become a term that's used now to dismiss any news that you don't like. And around one in seven young Australians uh, has a mental health condition. They are our most unwell generation that we've had. People don't accept the climate science. So if I think about how we're going to save the world, art enables us to move in that direction. Welcome to the next topic in this series of What Happens Next, the podcast. This time, we're looking at social media and its potential impact on mental health, especially of young people. We'll hear from a range of experts, from psychologists to social scientists, about what's going on in teenage brains and how we can all use social media for good instead of evil. Nikki Jacobs has a unique insight into the teenage mind and how it's impacted by social media. Her research shows that teenage brains operate differently and are differently impacted by social media. In this episode, we'll talk to Nikki about what happens to the next generation if we don't change how they engage with and use social media and what's happening inside those brains right now. Let's hear from Nikki. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we've had to adapt and do a number of these interviews by phone. So while occasionally the audio isn't as great as always, we promise you the content is. I'm Nikki Jacobs and I'm an Associate Professor at Monash University in the Faculty of Education. I'm also a clinical and counselling psychologist and I work with children, teenagers and adolescents. Jacobs, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Susan. Looking forward to chatting with you. Vicky, you've done a lot of research on the impact on teenage brains of smartphones. Can you tell us a bit about what you've discovered and whether there's any connection between that research on smartphones and social media? I was looking a little bit about teenage brains and understanding the impact of smartphone use on teenage brains. And just to give you a little bit of background in terms of that, um, it's about understanding that teenage brains aren't really fully developed till around 24 years old. And the very last part of the brain to develop is the frontal lobe, which is that part of the brain that's responsible for our logic, our regulating our moods, our attention, our ability to reason. Um, but again, that happens around, you know, early 20s. However, around the teenage years, um, behaviour is more guided by the limbic system, which is in the, um, it's a part of the brain that's the centre for our emotional responses. Mm. And it's what we actually call the pleasure-seeking part of the brains. And, and it impacts teenagers' ability to, you know, they make assessment about threats, they engage in risk-taking, you know, they will or won't, and, and their instincts are very much governed by that. So, so much of teenage behaviour is very much guided by their emotions, which many struggle to regulate just because of their physiological uh, makeup, and, and most take a long time to actually consider consequences. So they basically make their decision on what feels good. Mm. And, and we also know that, Nine in 10 teenagers have a mobile phone. 
and most of them have a smartphone. And we also know that about oh, more than 90% of teenagers, they use the internet for social networking, be it on their phones or other devices that they use. So now we have more than 90% of teenagers engaged in social media, and we also know that their behaviour is very much guided by this, you know, their emotions, which they struggle to regulate. And, and they take a long time to consider consequences because they don't have that, that regulation. So they basically make decisions on what feels good for them. And obviously, and naturally, this impacts on their decisions and, and their consequential behaviour. And as such, they, they tend to stay at home. They don't see their friends as much in real life as, as they would previously. And what they do is they tend to document their time when they are out in social gatherings with their phones. You know, they'll take photos, you know, they'll be out with friends and they're all smiling and taking pictures of themselves. And within a minutes, it's up on social media before they walked across the room. And then you've got those teenagers that are at home watching this, mm. excluded, and, and that definitely affects them. Uh, Jean Twenge did a lot of research in the US on, on smartphones and the impact on teenagers. As she found with the use of smartphones that teenagers check their emails several times a day. They spend a lot of time online instead of doing their homework or being friends and family and they also develop relationships online that they wouldn't with people that they meet that they wouldn't necessarily usually um, do if they were in person and this actually has a, a double impact one is you know there are predators out there who who target uh, teenagers but also um Teenagers are not developing those interpersonal social uh, communication skills that they would, that they do with people in person. Even the way they communicate, they're using a different language. You know, it's all often text-based and, and short abbreviations, and it's impacting on their ability to have those um, interpersonal relationship and communication skills. They're also losing interest in activities that they used to find enjoyable before they started getting involved with uh, social media and online access. Um, problem for parents, they're often lying about the amount, of, the amount of time that they spend online. They ignore any of the limits that, that are put on them about their use, become agitated and angry uh, if they're interrupted or not allowed access and become very, very um, preoccupied with getting back online when they're away from the computer. And it also impacts on, on their sleep. Uh, Nikki, as a parent of two teenagers, this is uh, horrifying and familiar. I have to say, <laughs> what do we do about this? Like what is as parents or people who are concerned about young people, how, how, how do we, how do we help when, you know, it's interesting sometimes when I watch my kids and the stuff that they're doing online, whether it be smartphones or, or anything, you know, you're an iPad or something like that, is that it reminds me of 
the way I see people with pokies, it seems to have a similar right. addictive quality, a similar effect on them. Um, it yeah. seemed the machines seem to even operate in the same way. Should we be thinking of it in those ways and trying to tackle it like that? Okay, um, I haven't done research as such on it, but now as a psychologist and, and for people uh, that I'm aware of who have teenagers who are actually having symptoms that are very similar to other addictions, like you're talking about poker machines, and they are reporting those things that I just said, you know, that they can't stop thinking about it when they're not online. You know, it's this FOMO, that fear of missing out, that they need to be involved and they've got access before if they were going to, you know, if there was a social event, they would go along and uh, if they were invited or if they weren't invited, they wouldn't even know about it. Now, what happens is, as I was saying before, within a second, it's up on, up on social media. Mm. And, and that child who might not have ever known about the party in the old traditional ways of invitations and people going and saying, don't tell anybody about it, now everybody knows and that child feels like they're missing out. And even though they know it, they're more online checking all the time, not only, uh, you know, what's going on, but also what they might be missing out on. And it, and it has a terrible impact. And like you said, when you're looking at other addictive behaviours, the more they use it, the more they want to use it. And, and you look at gaming, forget social yeah. media, you know, research that's done on that impact on on kids that sit at home and, and can get quite aggressive and their mood and uh, is definitely impact by um, the uh, research that's been done looking at the relationship between the amount of gaming and the impact on mental health what are we what could we be facing in the future with this generation of young people if we don't examine and address these issues that young people and, yeah. and smartphones or digital devices or social media if we don't intervene sure. now because you know again when I look at my kids I feel like this is the guinea pig generation they're the ones who they've grown up with smartphones and social media and, and all those things Absolutely. and we have no idea the impact that makes on developing brains. Absolutely. And, and, you know, when, when they engage, when teenagers engage in social media, it exposes them to an unrealistic view of other people's lives and social comparisons uh, and, and it puts pressure on them. And, you know, it definitely impacts their mental health, you know, be it their self-esteem, their anxiety, depression. And for those teenagers who already have you know, issues who are already struggling with depression and anxiety or, or poor self-image or ADHD or any of those sorts of disorders, it actually makes it that much worse. You add to that the impact, and, and I was looking more at uh, smartphones, but, but what we do know is that sleep deprivation and poor sleep are also issues of concern. Because children or teenagers who use a media device right before bedtime, which is when many of them do, are more likely to sleep less than they should. And they're more likely to also sleep poorly. And this lack of sleep can lead to depression. And or the phones themselves could be 
could be leading to depression because of what they're seeing uh, on the actual um, social media. And that, that again leads to lack of sleep or there could be other factors which are causing both depression or sleep deprivation and increases that as well. So what the research has shown us that teenagers who spend more time outdoors and more time with their friends live in person are 20% more likely to report being happier than their counterparts who spend less time on those doing those things, less time in real life contact with their friends and, you know, being outdoors, etc. So there's definitely an issue there. So for teenagers, as I said, who already are struggling, it can make those mental health issues even worse. But for those who are not, um, you know, who don't have mental health issues, they can slip into depression because of too much screen time and not enough face-to-face -face inter social interaction, inadequate sleep or a mix of all those things. the impact of peer pressure on decision making in young people. How do uh, smartphones or social media play a role in, in this issue? Yeah, that, that was actually very interesting research. Um, I looked at some research on MRI scans of adults and teenagers. And like I was talking before about brain development, those MRI scans showed that the brains reacted very differently um, to the presence of friends when, when teenagers are making decisions and found that teenagers who would not take risks when alone or when they're with an adult were far more likely to take risks when their friends were watching. And, and the scans actually showed that that part, that reward, that pleasure-seeking part of the brain became far more active in the presence of their peers. And, you know, I actually recently looked at some research that was done on, on Instagram, teenagers' use of Instagram, and they were interviewed and asked about, you know, how they can do likes and people do likes and they comment on Instagram or images and um, on the social media. And the more likes someone has, the more pleasure that person gets out of, um, uh, of their posting up on wh whatever platform they're using. And so that was actually checked with MRI scans. And the more likes that these, these teenagers had when they were looking at images and the MRI scans were being performed, the more active that part of that pleasure-seeking brain was. So it actually, they reported it and they also, you could see it in the MRI scans. And so, you know, it, it's interesting how that impacts that, that part physiologically. But, but it also means that some teenagers will engage in, in dysfunctional behaviours to gain that peer appro approval and recognition. And, and that links a lot to, you know, dysfunctional behaviours that they're doing to impress friends. Can be things like cyberbullying which, you know, can be called indirect bullying or relational bullying. 
and cyberbullying is is a relatively um, new part of bullying. Um, new relatively in terms of it used to be more physical or verbal, and now it's more the online. And uh, teenagers are engaging. Teenagers who usually might not are engaging in this um, seeking peer approval um, because that's uh, what's getting their pleasure-seeking part of the brain active and engaging in that sort of behaviour. Um, I actually did some research a few years ago on, um, on cyberbullying, on, on this relational bullying and self-esteem. And it actually found that what we call a U-curve, where, where those who have very low self-esteem might engage in it to seek that peer approval, and those who have very high self-esteem might also be more likely to engage in it purely because they can, because they are overly confident. So you've got it at both ends in terms of self-esteem. So pretty scary stuff. Boys and girls impacted differently by the use of smartphones or social media? The, re the research does say that girls probably use social media twice as much as boys. But, but what's been interesting in the research is that in the, in the actual um, increase in the amount of um, social media usage, or for me, I was looking um, at smartphones through smartphones, was um, significantly, significantly increased for both boys and girls. So although girls are using it twice as much, the increase over the years has been significant for both boys and girls. So they're increasing as much, um, but girls still nevertheless are using it twice as much. So given that, uh, they're more likely to be affected by it than, than boys are. should teenagers be how much time should teenagers be spending on a smartphone or a tablet each day wow how how long is a piece of string again again it's about i mean there's different research saying different things and i i certainly wouldn't be someone to say a certain amount of time or not all i know is that i think a balance in whatever they do is really important i mean we're in a different world now. You look at teenagers, they're going to be online all day having their schoolwork um, done, you know, like using um, screens, and that has an, an impact on them. I mean, are we talking about screen time or are we actually talking about being on with social media? You know, it's, it's, it's really about distinguishing because, um, you know, too much screen time, even if they're doing schoolwork, you know, can have impacts because they're not out in the fresh air and they're not um, interacting, as I'm saying, you know, face-to-face, -face, you know, live with their, with their peers. So, you know, for me, it would be a healthy balance. Nikki Jacobs, thank you so much. This was uh, very interesting and also a little bit terrifying, which is uh, not a bad thing for an interview. Thank you very much. 
some amazing insights into the neurological changes going on inside young minds. And I think that clears up quite a few things for those of us that are living with teenagers. Thanks to our guest today, Nikki Jacobs. That's it for this episode. More information on what we discussed today can be found in the show notes. We'll be back with a new episode looking at why, even though social media seems like the root of all evil, it might be the best solution too. If you like this episode, please write us a review. You'll find that only the five-star button works, so don't bother with the others. When you give us a review, it helps other people find the show and it helps us keep making this podcast.